0: Hello everyone, it's a uh, Sunday night, the day that follows Saturday and precedes Monday and we are 67 Hill hail! I'm Hamish, we've got John as well and uh, yeah, sit down, pour yourself a wee cuppa, we've got someone in China already treating themselves to a beer, JC, welcome everyone, get involved because we're about to chat about Celtic and it's easy chatting about Celtic right now, John because Celtic are amazing.
1: They certainly are, it's, uh, you stole my part about the Sunday there <laughs> uh, just to, yes. to, to get into Stevie. Um, but yeah, no, it is Sunday. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm pe- feeling pretty zen um, about everything Celtic related. You know me, Hamish. I'm a thoughts and feelings guy. So I've got some talking points here to get into about Celtic over the last week because I don't think I've been on uh, the channel since before the Rangers game at Ibrox. So feels like a lot of time has passed since then. So got a, a lot to um, consider over the next wee, wee while.
0: Well, the, the 67 hill Hail subscribers and indeed viewers are clearly um, very hungry, starving, some might say, for a bit of Celtic chat. There's over 200 on already on a Sunday evening, so we appreciate that. Really do get involved. And um, We've got a few questions. John put out a tweet earlier. We've got a few questions we'll get through. Um, but if you've got any other talking points uh, about anything that we discuss, let us know in the comments. I can see them coming across on the right-hand side of my screen, so hopefully we'll, we'll make this quite an interactive one. Um, I want to start, John, by just asking you about that zen feeling you have with regards to, to Celtic. You've had it for a while, you've you felt very, very calm, while others, certainly not me, have been going about, you know, mad ups and downs all season. Certainly since the turn of the year, you've been quite calm about things. you want to just tell us a wee bit, you know, what it is that, that makes you feel that way?
1: Well, Hamish, I'm a listener. I like listening to people and I especially like listening to Ange Postacoglu. And I think well, we've been three points clear since February. Um, and that's a really quite tight margin when you consider a title race that across the whole season where both teams can beat each other and, and beat the majority of the teams in the rest of the league. It's a very tight margin. But if you listen to what Ange Postacoglu says in his press conferences and what the message he puts out there... I think I've said this since last summer, just about everything he says comes true on the football pitch. Um, And if you really listen to what his intentions are and the way he puts together a team and where he thinks his team is going um, and his thoughts on, if you really listen to what he says, the the content of our words, he doesn't speak in soundbites, he doesn't impart information for the sake of it. Everything he says is what he thinks and feels about Celtic Football Club and his squad. And he's been saying for about six weeks that his intention is always that Celtic peak at the end of the season. Um, and I have I took that to heart and I've been feeling very calm about the title race, very composed about where things are going. I'm not a footballing guru. I'm nowhere near it. I don't know football in the way that people know football who work in football. But I like listening to people and if you listen to Ange, he's a football man, he knows football inside out. Um, and everything he's messaged over the last couple of months has not only come to fruition but has given me a sense of peace on the, along the way and I'm, I'm feeling satisfaction at the moment because you can see the fruits of that now. He says Celtic we're going to peak at the end of the season and guess what Celtic are peaking at the, at the end of the season that's exactly what's happening right now. Um. So my words to anyone who has been feeling a bit nervous probably not anymore but I mean we're six points clear now but anyone who's been feeling a bit worried about the direction or if we're going to win the league just stick on an Ange press conference, sit back and and enjoy um, and feel good about Celtic going forward.
0: It's really interesting. It's a point I I made to to Andy Harper when I had him on the channel. He agreed. Ange, and, and you made the point there as well, Ange, everything Ange says has a meaning. Every single thing he says, and I'm talking about the smallest wee throwaway comment, there's a meaning behind it. He never throws or very rarely throws any kind of filler in at all. It's never just stuff said for the sake of it. And a lot of the time when you go to these press conferences, you know, hands up when, when you're asking Ange a question, when Ange looking at you, you know, in the eyes, you're quite nervous. And a lot of the time you, you don't quite hear what he says and, and you're just kind of nodding and you're going, okay. But when you actually listen back to the answer and when you just listen to any press conference he does, you really take in what he has to say, um, maybe I've not done that quite enough um, because I've cl- clearly not been feeling quite as relaxed as, as you and, and I dare say Ange as well. I mean, that that's how, when I spoke to Anthony Ralson a couple of weeks ago, I, I, that really hit me when his first you know word that he used to describe the, the Celtic camp ahead of this big game against I, Ibrox was, we're calm, you know, we're really calm. Callum McGregor said the same thing. And I'm sure that's a, a big part of Celtic's success this season is that, fair enough, we had a rocky start at the start of the season when all the other things, you know, external stuff was going on and we did barely had a squad. But ever since, basically, this run started, everything's just been really calm. And if you actually look at Celtic's record, it's incredible. And I think as much as everyone talks about these, you know, great players and the brilliant things they can do on the park, I think collectively, this Celtic... The Celtic players, the Celtic squad, and the environment around the whole club, and I dare say, including staff in that, is just one that's really, really calm. I think they they firmly believe in what i trying to do now. Um, you know, again, I dare say at the start that that maybe wasn't quite the case because. Just with human nature, when someone comes in, and Ryan McGowan told us this, when someone like Ange comes in and tells you we're going to do things differently from how you've done it the rest of your career, there are doubts there. You're, you're going to go against that. You're you're going to go against, you know, passing the ball about the back at the 89th minute when you need a, a late winner. You're going to think, no, I should put it long. But now everything Celtic do is Ange's way of doing it. And, and it just comes from that calmness at the club.
1: I mean, it's the way... He, yeah influences us as well though. I'm not sure if you've come to this personal realization or not. Yeah, we've not really talked about this, but Ange is our guy. Like not ours and as in 67 Hill Hill, but our generation's iconic manager. Like Ange is that man. Now I've you know I've been following Celtics, I've been obsessed with Celtics since I was about seven years old. I've seen managers come and go along the years for all sorts of reasons. Um I watched you know Tommy Burns was my dad's guy. The ring is I watched Tommy Burns be my dad's guy I watched Martin O'Neill be my older brother's guy I've never really had a guy at Celtic that I relate to in the way that I relate to Ange and that's not talking up Ange as some sort of god or some sort of the best manager in the world he's just he's just my guy like this is the this is the Celtic manager who I will follow for the rest of his career regardless of what he does going forward and you know Gordon Strachan, I don't think he was anyone's guy. No, no, I appreciate he did a good job for Celtic, but he's never anyone's guy. Neil Lennon was a kind of different thing. We watched Neil Lennon come through the team as a player and he went through all sorts of nonsense in Scotland. I think the relationship between Neil Lennon and the Celtic support was like a, almost a protective one. I felt protective of Neil Lennon. Brendan Rodgers was always a bit full of it. Like, "Angus, our guy that we're going to follow up. I'm going to be when when Ange one day moves on from Celtic. I don't know when that'll be in the distant future. I'm going to be the guy in the YouTube comments of his next club, like the Australian people are in the, in the comments yeah. of this channel. Following following Ange and having this weird kind of parasocial relationship with him in the sense and what what I say when I what I mean when I say that is that. Feeling like you know Ange Postecoglou just from what he imparts in press conferences and stuff. I obviously don't know Ange Postecoglou at all. Could be a completely different person in his personal life, but I feel connected to Ange. The players feel connected to Ange, and and you know the supporters are who I think feel connected to Ange. So I think people should savor this because managers like these don't come along very often. I've been waiting for twenty years for a manager like this, and 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 it's come along now, and we should savor every minute. But again, just goes back to. This is why I feel so comforted by this team and so calm about this team. You know, we could lose the next 20 games on the trot, and it all blows up. And it doesn't matter because I know that Ange have gone all guns blazing regardless. Um, so that's why I've just, I've not even felt confident about winning the league. It's just like I've been like, we might win the league and we might not. But I'm really enjoying this Celtic team regardless. I love this manager. I love this team. And let's see where it takes us.
0: I'd love to go back to the, the interview we did with Vince Regari when the Ange stuff first came out, because I think what you just said there in a slightly different way and a more Aussie accent is, is what, what he basically said. He, I remember the thing that Vince, that I took away from that interview when, when Vince was speaking to me was, don't just look at what this guy's achieved. You need to be part of it to realise what he is. And the Aussies absolutely love him because he was such a big part of, the, you know, the the national team that they supported. And yeah, they won an Asian Cup. And apart from that, you know, they, they didn't win anything else. In the World Cup, they lost some games. But it was the feeling of what he brings to you. And I think we all feel that. I've felt it for a long, long time. But the feeling gets even better when Celtic get closer to, to achieving something major. But yeah, I've, 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 I can't say I have actually, you know, had that feeling. I think we've had really good managers. I mean, Brendan Rodgers was... Was the one for me that that transformed Celtic, and I made the point the other day that I think we're still actually seeing benefits of that in this team from what he achieved. But Ange is a guy who I think you know could be a Celtic manager who takes us on to even greater heights, and you know hopefully has a longer time at the club as well. And yeah, there's been very few times this season, like maybe one or two, when Ange said something or done something, and you know I've kind of kind of side or been unhappy with that. He just he constantly gets things right, both on the pitch and the media environment as well. He's just he's just a genius. It, it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy nobody nobody really took a chance on him in, in Europe before. A, a major European club didn't before us, isn't it?
1: It is. And he had a number of interviews with clubs around Europe. He said that in the past and he's always felt like he was just kind of there and making up the numbers. I don't think how I, I don't understand how anyone who Interviewed or spoke to an Ange for an hour about football, didn't understand that he had a clear vision of how to manage a football club. He likes yeah. being, the main, you know, the main character of a football club, and that's exactly what we needed at that time. You know, and I'm not saying if you love Matt O'Neill, you can't love Ange in the same way. Or if you loved Tommy Burns, you can't love Ange in the same way. I'm just saying that I've never really had that in my life before. Like, I was 14 or 15 when when Matt O'Neill was here, and when you're 14 or 15, well, you, you know, I was probably more obsessed with. it the Red Hot Chili Peppers and whatever Lassie I fancied <laughs> in school. I wasn't as, as obsessed as I am with Celtic now um, in that way. Or I wasn't thinking as deeply about Celtic uh, back then than I am now. So, um, yeah, I've been waiting a while for a manager like this and I'm just, you're just going to relish it.
0: Uh, Daniel, thanks very much for for getting in touch and a wee donation to the channel The turnaround in a year or so has been beyond words Bring on the treble, keep up the good content Hamish and the guys leading the way on YouTube Um, Shall we talk a bit about yesterday then, John now that we've got that Ange gushing out the way I'm sure there'll be a bit more in this video Yesterday was magic, wasn't it? I mean, yesterday was just incredible Um, Celtic, to me, looked they, they looked a really, really relaxed team yesterday. Um and I know the, the performance was full of hard work and desire and, and all of the stuff we we you know expect to see from an Ange Postecoglou team. But I thought yesterday above anything else there was a a, a freedom I suppose is, is the word I would use about about Celtic that maybe at times this season we haven't seen but with good reason we haven't seen it. I think because things have been so tight and you know I think this season as much as there's been incredible, incredible football like yesterday and in other games, I think this has been a season for winning games. We had like about three months in a row during the winter when Celtic weren't really great, but we kept winning. And hopefully, people remember that. But it seems like as we approach, you know, the the nicer days and the end of the season, Celtic are turning the style on again. And it felt to me yesterday. You know, I commented in the video yesterday that the players were trying nutmegs and stuff like that that we haven't seen as much of, you know, up to this point. It felt as if the team was really relaxed yesterday. Um, and, and I'm assuming that comes from the victory. Ibrox being a little bit ahead of, you know, that bit further ahead of, of the rivals and, and probably having the the vindication and, and the boost of, of going to Rangers and winning.
1: I think that calmness was apparent from Celtic. For me, I, I characterise that as a freedom, there was a freedom about their play that, you know, for all the good play of Ange Postacoglu's team this season, um, they've never really played with a, a, what I would determine would be a freedom. I've always felt there's, there's always been like a, bit, a little bit of pressure behind the performances. You know, they've kind of sometimes huffed and puffed in matches. You know, you know 90%, 90% out of the 100, they've, they've managed to find a way to win and they've pressured the team teams and and kind of ground them down in the end. But yesterday they just looked like they were were playing park football and just loved their jobs and loved playing for Celtic and played with a smile on their face from the first minute, even before they scored. I know they scored early, um, but they had that real intensity to their game. I felt intensity was the word of the week. You know, a lot of people were using the word of complacency. Um, But I think, you know, Ange and the team just showed that that was pretty wide of the mark. Actually, Ange bristled a little bit in his interviews yesterday when people brought up the C-word, and, and by the C-word I mean complacency. Um, he's got no... He's not going to entertain that at the moment. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just fantastic to see Celtic to to play that way. And when Celtic play with a freedom, we know that these players have got skill um, and have got the ability to, to cut open any team in Scotland. Sometimes it's just about getting outside of their own heads in that sense, but yesterday they approached it in the, in the perfect manner.
0: And getting that early goal obviously helps with that as well. I, I think Ross County was a similar game and um, when we could have scored the, the same amount of goals that we did yesterday in the end. Um, just just really, really just really good to watch. You know, you, you go around the team and you know you're when you're struggling for a man of the match that we've had a really, really good performance. I thought Hatati was just excellent yesterday. Um, last couple of games, I, I think he's been back to the level we saw when he first came to the club and you just see what an important player he is. He, he tries things that... Maybe other players don't. He, he tries those those you know through balls, and I know a lot of people are getting excited about the Maida Kyogo partnership, but it's the Kyogo hitati or Kyogo Rail eh, partnership that I think I'm most excited about seeing, because um, I think those two could work.
1: Kyogo O'Reilly might be a, a good one as well. I was in. Did you see O'Reilly's comments after the game, kind of talking up the ability of Kyogo in training? It's, you know you need to remember that. Yesterday was the first time Kyogo has yeah. played with some of these Celtic players. It's crazy, is not it? Maeda. Um, yeah. And O'Reilly was saying like he's only trained a few times with Kyogo, and he'd heard about how good he was, and he'd heard, um, you know, a lot about him from from you know his teammates, but that he didn't realise how how actually good he was, and that he's always in the right place to receive a pass. I think that O'Reilly Kyogo one is a sleeper partnership to watch over the next right. while. Was that you your know, number one partnership? I think it could be in the end. I think that's going to be very exciting because I think o- O'Reilly has vision, um, and I think he needs players like Kyogo and that team who are intelligent enough to see and pick out the the pockets of space that O'Reilly can can kind of exploit.
0: Yeah, we we did get a question about O'Reilly. I'm sure. I'm not sure if I can actually find it at the moment, but he he's just exceptional isn't he I mean I I think O'Reilly I think O'Reilly's really putting a good claim to start in the the Cup semi I I know that Ange hasn't changed the team now I think for the last three matches and obviously it it seems like you know you have to make at least one change with with Yakimakis possibly not making the game but I think you know it seems crazy to say it when Rogic has been playing so well but I think O'Reilly is I just think O'Reilly next Sunday could could be a key player for us I honestly I mean I've said this a few times I, I think you know he could be. I think he could be a a leading leading player for for any team O'Reilly in years to come. He's as good a he's as good as a, an attacking midfielder as I've seen at Celtic in in a long long time. And I know we've had a lot and we've got four of them at the moment at the club. But I just look at O'Reilly and I just think he's got a bit of everything. Um, you know he. he we love Rogic, and I think he he's very similar to Rogic in those goals he scored yesterday. Especially the second one was we can imagine Rogic doing, but I just think he's got something that wee bit extra, and he's a couple of years younger as well, a good few years younger as well. I think he could be a, a serious serious player for us going forward.
1: I think the comment was something about Riley McGree and and compared them to Riley. Now I don't want to talk down Riley McGree because um, first of all I don't know enough about him, second of all. Don't think you need to directly compare two players to talk one up, and um, but what I would say about it is that it's very odd to me that Matt O'Reilly was sitting at MK Dons in League One and no one had um, taken a chance on him, and and a higher division. I know he was at Fulham. I know he had problems at Fulham with his fitness, and perhaps you know he just he was always going to be at MK Dons for that determined period of time, regardless. I don't know, maybe Seattle could beat a load of other teams too, as I, can share. I know Swansea wanted them um, as well. I know they ended up, I think that it, was a, no, it was Middles, but they ended up signing McGree. I think Swansea wanted though O'Reilly. Um, but he's, he's a magical player, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next season. I don't even think we'll see the best of O'Reilly between now and the end of the season. Just think a full pre-season, working under Ange and working with some of these players, getting to know some of these players more and their game more. Um, we'll, we'll pay off dividends. Just a just a point on Kyogo Hamish, just before we kind of move on from Kyogo. Interesting again, he's pushed forward and celebrations at the end with the Green Brigade. Um, pushed forward by Juranovich. We'll, we'll talk a bit about Juranovich Uran- in a minute too. But I think these Celtic players understand that kind of they, they almost owe a debt to Kyogo. And I know a lot of these players have been performing throughout the season, but I think a lot of them feel like they they kind of owe a debt to Kyogo for the way that he dragged Celtic through the bushes and the mire in that first half of the season. I mean, he, he really was carrying us at one point, and, and there was stages where we were very concerned about Kyogo being out of the team and um, because it directly impacted our performances. And so for him to return and feel that love from his teammates and the supporters, I think, is a great thing. I don't think there's any... This Celtic teams, we've said it before, it's not about really about individuals. It's about a team. But I do think there is kind of some worth in having you know, like one or two superstars who you kind of um, use as a, a morale boost and kind of almost use as motivation. But I think that the players will be hugely boosted by Kyoko coming back. He's an incredibly popular member of that dressing room. And I thought it was a nice touch that they kind of pushed him forward for that applause at the end, because I think they know how different this season might have been had Kyogo not been involved in that first half of the season.
0: It's obviously been really frustrating to have been missing him for the last three months, although it's not really affected us too much. But it's amazing having him coming back at this stage. It's just a huge boost when you're going into these really tough games to have someone who's as good a player as Kyogo, but also just such a such a huge figure in the dressing room. And I mean that in the way that he's probably quite a quiet figure, but he's just a a huge figure. Because he's infectious, you know. You can already tell, you know, looking at him from early on when he came to the club, how much he, you know, he got on with his teammates and how much his teammates, you know, took to Kyogo so quickly. Obviously, scoring all those goals helps, but I think he's just a a really genuinely nice guy. Um, and he was getting really shy yesterday when they were getting him forward. And it's interesting because Celtic have this thing; they do a lap after every game. And as the season has gone on, we've started getting the. Was it Nine Toes Finder? They did 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 get going even at home games. And they have this habit of putting someone forward. And, you know, if Yakimaki scores a hat-trick, it's him. And I think it was Hitati for the derby when he scored the two goals. And and fans, fans have this idea that it should be these people. Because you know who, as much as it's a team effort, you know the stars on the day. And I thought it was just perfect yesterday. You know, we had six different scorers yesterday. All of them not at the club this time last year, which is just remarkable as a side point. But in terms of Kyogo and and making him the, the star of that yesterday, I just thought it was amazing. I was right in that corner. The corner was going absolutely nuts. Kyogo, as I say, was a little bit shy before it, but kind of went for it eventually after a good bit of encouragement from his teammates. And it was just yet another example of this Celtic team just, just getting the tone spot on. It's... It's not over celebrating at all. And I know other fans of other teams, more jealous teams, have a go at the whole lap of honour and all that kind of stuff. I think it's magic. It's totally magic. And and those scenes after the game yesterday were were absolutely brilliant. Um on a side we note, um, I think it was a shame that more folk didn't stay for for full time. I think a lot of folk, you know, left with 10-5 minutes to go. Listen, people pay their money, they're more entitled to do what they want. Um, I, I just think when the team puts in a performance like that... I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I, I, I just think when, it, when the team puts in a performance like that and scores seven goals, stay at the end and clap the team off. Come on.
1: I've been going to the game since the nineties. That's always happened. It's always going to happen. Yeah. People like to get away early and get up the road. On a Saturday night, fair play to them for doing so.
0: Well, maybe it's just because I've got no plans on a Saturday night that I want to <laughs> stay to the end. Right, just quickly, uh, you and boy, Martin, uh, thanks again for the donation. Very kind. Tommy Burns, football is... Uh, Pretty but unsuccessful. Martin O'Neill, football was direct and very successful. And football has the perfect balance of beautiful football that will be successful. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even comparing the managers in that sense or or their football against each other. It was just more about a kind of relationship thing and and kind of how I feel about them as as, as people. Um, But no, those comments are, they're not inaccurate, you know, from what I remember.
0: Let's just move on to Juranovic. Then you, you teased that a second ago. Um, he's a huge part of this this dressing room, and when, when you see these uh, alternative angle, is that what Celtic call it? What's the term? Unique angle. Unique angle. Sorry. And and by the way, these these clips are incredible. It used to be for the goals and the fan celebrations that you got them in the roar. But now it's, I don't know about you, but it's the, the players' celebrations now I watch it for and I love the wee secret handshakes and the fact that every single player congratulates every other player with the exception of Joe Hart. At every single goal, I mean, goals 5, 6 and 7 yesterday and Carl Starfelt is still running down the park. I mean, he must have done more running down to celebrate goals than he did in the rest of the game. But just amazing and more evidence of, of how much this team gets on. And Juranovic, I think, to give you credit, you're the one that really kind of picked this out. But he's involved in all of it and he's the one that's congratulating... All of the players, clearly a a, a huge, huge part of this dressing room. It first became, you know, clear to me that he was in the Christmas ad when he had the whole salt bay thing going on. And up till that point, I I thought, you know, new signing. We didn't really have anything to suggest that he was a major personality. Um, and from that point onwards, when he had a. I always think these Christmas ads give you a good idea of what players are like because you get maybe the players, not naming any names, that will just kind of lurk in the background a little bit. And you kind of take it from that, you know, they're maybe slightly introverted. Um, which is absolutely fine, listen, different personalities. But Juranovic is certainly you know, a really you know, outgoing personality who gets on with every single player. People talk about Scottish players as being the big ones in the dressing room. Callum McGregor, Scott Brown previously, Kieran Tierney, people like that. It's a, it's a kind of lazy, easy thing to do because they get the club and all of that. But I think these non-Scottish players are absolutely massive. The players that come to Celtic and get it are massive. Near beaton has been a huge one for years. And to the, to the extent where even when near Beaton isn't offering much on the pitch or even playing on the pitch, I think it's still valuable to have him at the club because he's, a, he's a quite a big personality, I think, near Beaton. Mikhail Lustig was another massive one going back through the years. And I think Juranovic has effectively replaced Lustig both on the pitch and in his role in the dressing room. I think he's an absolutely massive personality. He's a great player as well. But, um, you know, he, he brings so much to the table. He's just, he's been an exceptional signing.
1: I agree. But, you know, if you look back, there, there was probably a clue at right the beginning. Um, when he left Ligia Warsaw, uh, Ligia mm. Warsaw posted a dressing room video and who passed the baton was none other than Arthur Boric, who is exactly the type of character that you've described there, um, of being that presence in the dressing mm. room. And I agree, it's not about nationality, it's about personality. Um, and Andrew's always oh, said that, was, that. That was it's, neat,
0: John. I like that. <laughs>
1: it's uh, and just said that along. It's another thing just said that has come through is that he has brought people to the club that he feels um have the right mentality and the right personality to blend with this group of people. And I think Yoran is a, there's no better evidence of that. I mean, that unique angle video is a, is a direct example of it in a, in a in a few ways. It's not just that he's involved in every celebration, he has individual moments for each goal scorer. Has a little mm. bit, of, a little joke, a little moment, and that makes the goal scorer feel good about themselves and make them feel good about playing for Celtic. I think he loves his teammates. I think he loves playing for 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 Celtic. Yeah, stuff like that. What he does with Miadha, he had a little moment with Riley as well in, in that video as well. They we were calling each other the Wi-Fi connection on Instagram. Just little <laughs> in jokes. I mean, that they just, it's it's all about forming a team spirit. Do you know what I mean? And I think when you you look at Callum McGregor, he's like a leader who leads by example. He's almost I would say McG- and guy was involved in all those celebrations too, but he's almost Ange's voice on the pitch mm. now. He's kind of maybe got a little bit of distance from the players than than maybe what he did before. Yep. He's got a more calm personality. Um, but you need different types of leadership in the dressing room. And Jurano- Juranovic is undoubtedly that. I um, mean, you need someone who forges that team's spirit. I'm delighted to have someone like that on the team. It just helps he's a hell of a football player as well. So um, that never hurts, you know what I mean? He's,
0: that's the Anpan Man, by the way. If anyone mm-hmm. wanted to know the name for that, um, a few celebrations that kind of leapt to my mind: uh, Yakimakis scoring his hat trick goal, the penalty against Ross County, and doing the Juranovic celebration, uh, and of course the the Jota Joe Hart golf swing at Patodri. I think that was so more evidence that this is just a, a really just a really united Celtic team. They, they must they must be loving you know, everything about this. these players. I mean, these are players who, you know, some of them have come from clubs where I dare say they were really happy before. You know, Kyogo, I'm sure, would have been really happy at his previous club. But a lot of these players Ange signed maybe weren't, you know, enjoying life at all. I mean, Joe Hart is the obvious one. You go to someone like Jota, really looking for a home, arguably still, you know, looking for a permanent home. Um, A number of other players, you know, maybe not having the best of times. And they come to Celtic, and in this first season, they become part of this dressing room with mainly other players who have come to the club at a similar time. I mean, it must be really... It must be a really good time to come to a club like Celtic when you've got so many fellow new arrivals from all over the world. You've got big personalities who have just come to the club recently. There's no... I don't get the impression there's really cliques at all in that dressing room. And, And you could argue you know, even in successful Celtic teams in the past, that there, there, there have been, and you can sometimes tell them watching. And this current Celtic team, there is, there is just none of that. I mean, there's players you look at and you think, you know, you, you really, like, this is probably a daft comment to say, but you, you really shouldn't kind of get on. I mean, you've how, how much have you really got in common? Um, you're from different parts of the world. You're probably get different ways of living but they all just blend nicely. You know, players from Israel, from Scandinavia, from Asia, a manager from Australia, Portugal, all around, you know, America, all around Europe and and the world. And these players are all just getting together. And that's what it's all about for me at Celtic. You sometimes wonder, you know, when you have so many players from all over the world, do you lose any sort of... You know personality in the team. Do you need all of these Scottish players? We've not got a massive Scottish contingent. I think we've got the right amount. But this, the overall blend at this club is is amazing, and they must be just loving, loving going into training every day, playing every game, and it shows when they play.
1: Yeah, and I, again, I think the, the player, what the players haven't, I think what the players ands brought to the club having this is what they have in common. You say, and I agree that they probably don't have much in common in their personal lives, maybe what they have in common is that they're all ambitious um in the sense that Seattle might not be the last club that they play for and that's fine um when you're building a team i think the the key part of it is they have ambition but they take personal responsibility for their ambition they they you know these players the players who are performing in this team don't think anything should be handed to them they all want to work for it if you listen to jack amakis he wants to work for his goals he wants to be a goal scorer he does have an ego and he does have confidence He's not stroppy, though. You know, he's not going to complain. He's just going to get on with his job. Mm. I think the same could be said for Mieda. You know, Same, he's kind of proving a point, you know, having come to Europe before and having it not quite worked out for him. Kyogo has dreams maybe of playing in the league or, or other such things. Um, you know, I'm not trying to sell these players on to bigger clubs, but that's the reality of modern football. That the least you can ask for is that the players who come to Celtic with ambition, with maybe a view to moving on, at least are willing to work hard for it and and make sure that they know that it's down to their individual performances while they're here and um, that might get them that big move. They're not going to sulk on the sidelines um as some players in the past have maybe done, you know, without naming names. And um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. I think that's what they all have in common. They've got a, a shared ambition to do well for themselves and well for Celtic. And and sometimes that's enough to to forge the kind of team spirit that we're seeing now.
0: What do you make of this point from uh, Craig? The occasion within the club surely bodes well mm-hmm. for signing Jota and CCV.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's financial realities to the, to the Jota and CCV, CCV thing that we we have to consider. Not not in terms of the fees that paid, um, but just in terms of their wages and and where they see themselves as well. Maybe, maybe they feel they're ready for the next step to a higher league. You know, there are been reports that CCV is. CCV's camp is feels like Celtic are the, is the best place for him right now to, to develop his football and gain experience, and it would be great to have him around. No, but I agree. If it's if, you, if it's not a nice place to be and not a nice mm. place to do your work and, and and do your business, then you're not going to want to stay for very long. Look at Mohamed El Yunisie last year. You know, I, I felt like he couldn't wait to get away from Celtic as much as he appreciated some of his time at Celtic. He's just got, always got the feeling that he was counting down the days to move back to Southampton. I don't get that sense with these two. That doesn't mean I think it's a guarantee they'll sign, but, you know, I can't help. It can't hurt um, if you've got a good atmosphere at the, at the club.
0: Yeah, moving on. Um, Jedi boy, Greg Taylor, most improved player. Thought he was brilliant yesterday. Still doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, John, you're probably the the guy to go to for all uh, Greg
1: Taylor chat, so take it away. I mean, Hamish, I'm... Um, what do you want me to say? I I mean, I've been saying this for a long time. There's been Greg Taylor, dare I say detractors on this channel at points. Um, I I do think he's been a great player under Ange Postacoglu. Not a great player, great players maybe a bit strong. Been a a good performer under Ange Postacoglu. I think, I've said it before, but he's one of the players that immediately bought into what Ange Postacoglu was wanting to do. Hmm. Ange had to get Taylor and Ralston on board last summer. Um, or the whole thing was scrubbed basically <laughs> because yeah. they were the two players that had to adjust the role most and if they didn't, there would have been serious problems. I like, think, you know, the players have grown into that. Greg Taylor was operating as an attacking midfielder yesterday. and um, and I say that, honestly, he was. Watch the footage. Yeah. Was, there was, was one offering. shot he had
0: just while he did the post and me and the guys, uh, Stevie, actually, I was with, were like, who, who was that? Was it O'Reilly? No, it was actually Greg Taylor, the left back.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, he wasn't even playing as a winger. He was playing as an mm. attacking central midfielder at points yesterday. Um, and I thought that that was fantastic to watch. Um, I'm delighted to see him. Heal is another who looks like he's enjoying himself. He's another who also looks like he's a big personality in that dressing room. Callum McGregor's mentioned that in interviews before. Almost in a de facto vice captain, but he, he kind of described Greg Taylor at one point. I think it was before the Scottish League Cup final. I'm sure he talked a bit about Greg Taylor. People can Google that. Um so that's another interesting one from, from that perspective. And he's enjoying his football. He's I don't think he's a world class footballer, but he's performing his role well and stressed some. And that's good enough.
0: The whole debate around Greg Taylor seems to be is he good enough for, for Celtic going forward? And also people saying, you know, he's not very good at football. I think the argument can be that he's having a very good time of it. Um, I think he's he's certainly, as you say, adapted to the way of Ange playing. He's been quite an important player for us in recent weeks. He's having a really good time of it, and he's clearly a player who can be, um, you know, maybe not a weapon in an Ange team, but certainly an important part of an Ange team. But then equally... For me, if we want to really go to the next level, it's, it's still a position I'd like us to to strengthen upon. I think both of those things can be true. Greg Taylor can be having a good season and a good time of it, and yet we we still need to improve on him. And that's kind of where I come at it at the moment. But in terms of, you know, sticking him around or, or him sticking around at the club, um, he's clearly a guy Ange really likes. He was one of the, the few players who has kind of been in the Celtic team all season, apart from the injury he had. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's, as I say, it's a player or a position I'd still like to see a strengthen in, in the summer, but he's clearly a player who can be a, a, a good player for Celtic under Ange. Um, yeah. Um, next question, do we want to go for uh, Chris? Just asking, I think, about Ange and the kind of Aussie, we told you so type thing. Yeah. Um, I look back at the doubts surrounding Ange when he was first linked to Celtic job. And us Aussies were trying to convince a lot of you all how electric Ange ball is when it is on display in full effect. Mm -hmm. Um, They did predict it, John. They certainly did. Um, All the stuff, basically, that the Aussies have said all the way through, certainly the ones who were were saying the good stuff early on have, have predicted this. You know, Ange will come in, you'll see improvement pretty much straight away, but there will be lots of bumps in the road and you'll come out of the the end on on the right side and and that's where Celtic are at at the moment
1: I know I agree I'm not trying to take away from the predictions they made I think they were very astute in what they said about Ange when he was appointed um and there was a bit of pushback from Celtic supporters but I've always argued that actually Celtic supporters got on board with Ange a lot quicker than people remember was that you know there was initial grumbling the Eddie Howe business was annoying and a little bit scarring for Celtic supporters because they've just been through that awful season. Now, the Aussies that have come and told us about Ange, they weren't there for the 10 in a row thing, which was a big thing for the club. And then they dragged the Eddie Howe thing on for three months. And then the next day, they, they hit us with this Ange plus the Coglu guy who none of us had ever heard of. And I'm not ashamed to say I hadn't heard of him. I mean, that's just the, the nature of it. He's lived on the other side of the world. Um, and so the, it was frustrating. But I think I certainly did. I know, I know that you did. Over the next few days, we've learned about Ange, read up on him, listened to things he had to say, and then we we're willing to give him a shot. Um, I think everyone at the same time acknowledged that it was a risk, and I, I said that a lot You know, initially, even though I was backing Ange from the start, I did think it was something of a risk. And the Australians said it wasn't a risk, and I understand, and that was a good prediction, and that's what they got right, is that I think the Australians knew it was going to work out, whereas I didn't know whether it was going to work out or not. I was just kind of having an open mind towards Ange. Um, and hoping that he would do well, whereas the Australians were more confident that he would do well. I think you know that interview with Vince Scagliari is obviously the one that everyone points to. I'm not just saying that because it's on our on our channel, but everything he says in that video is very confident. Um, the second time on, as
0: well, he came on yeah, spot on both as times, well. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: Vince has known Ans for a long time, followed his career very closely, followed the Australian national team, um, so understood implicitly everything Ans was about, and he was very confident that Ange was going to be a success at Celtic. I wasn't, you know, predicting that Ange would win the title this season, far from it. At the same time, uh, you know, I think a lot of Celtic fans were willing to give him the an opportunity. and uh, There's maybe a slight confusion between those two things sometimes. Um, um mm-hmm. I don't want it to kind of, I don't want it to go on record that Celtic fans were pure aghast at Ange for, for months and you had to slowly claw his way back. I think people started to be open-minded and we were just a bit unsure about how it would work out. We're protective of Celtic because that's the nature of being a Celtic supporter.
0: Listen, I was at the first proper home game of the season, the first competitive game of the season, Meecheland at home. Ange comes out, does his press duties at the side of the park, walks back in and just as he's going in the tunnel, the Celtic support, you know, erupt. And it was probably only five or 6,000 in the stadium at that stage. But the, the message there, I mean, everyone, everyone was on their feet at that stage and Ange's given it, I think it was a kind of fist pump type thing he gave it, kind of more animated than he's been since probably. But that that was just evidence for me straight away that while I think we all had certain doubts about it, kind of naturally when it's a guy we hadn't really heard of or certainly knew much about, the Celtic support were were behind Ange, you know, from maybe not from the, the first minute we heard his name, but whenever it, the minute he got, got to Scotland and... Basically, the minute we got that mic'd up session, I think that was a major moment. Everyone at that point seemed to go, this guy is seriously good. And I think all the way through, we've, we've been fully behind Ange. Actually behind Ange more than any Celtic manager I can really remember. Maybe since the Neil Lennon's first full season. Um, that's the only time. And obviously, there was other stuff going on, on off the
1: park. The, the thing that convinced me about Ange was, and people can Google this, they might have seen it already. I kind of tried to share it You know, last year. But the thing that convinced me is a video. Ange did a kind of online webinar called High Performance Insights. It's called Ange Postacoglu High Performance Insights. If you Google that, it'll come up. It was for a company called Huddle, which is hudl.com. And it's basically an hour-long webinar on the way Ange Postacoglu approaches football and approaches going into a team and rebuilding a team and how he works and what he does and what to expect and what he wants from his first season, second season, etc. It was very interesting at the time. I might go back and rewatch it because there, there might be things that yeah. are more true so now that I've come across, you know, having experienced Ange that I didn't really take on board back then. But that was the thing that first convinced me. I watched that video and I came away from it and I wrote an article on 67 Hill Hill saying Hurricane Ange is about to overturn Celtic and change everything and turn it upside down. And that was my only prediction was that he was about to fundamentally change everything about Celtic Football Club I did I didn't know whether it was going to be good or bad I didn't know whether it was going to be a disaster I didn't know whether it was going to be fantastic um I just knew that he was going to change everything in Celtic because of that hour-long webinar I mean it's fantastic it's a fantastic watch I'm going to actually go back and rewatch it this week and, and see what I can pick up and and maybe do something about it because I think there'll be a lot there to consider about it yeah got Ange Postecoglou high performance insights if you want to google it
0: yeah it was excellent um right league table we take uh, a lot of pleasure in, in, in giving you the league table, and that's what it looks like. And you'll notice that mm-hmm. the split is now in effect. Those uh, six teams you see at the top there uh, won't be changing um, in terms of going back into the bottom six. I explained that horrendously, but basically the top six teams <laughs> there will be the top six teams at the end of the season. In what order, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, for anyone who's new to the, the split, mainly you Aussie lot, you um, It's a bit of a kind of interesting system we have in Scotland. A few other European leagues use Mm. it. Basically, the league splits into the two you see there. After every team has played each other team three times, we play every other team in your half one more time, taking it to a total of 38 games. So Celtic's final five games, uh, not in order, will be Rangers Hearts, Dundee United, Ross County and Motherwell. We're still waiting on confirmation of these matches and um, we do believe that the, the fixtures have actually fallen kind of naturally to celtic we won't be sent to a ground for a third time i don't believe looks like it's going to be rangers hearts and Motherwell coming to celtic park mm-hmm. where we'll visit dundee united and ross county it reports last night from the daily record that our next league match will be the final derby of the season at Celtic Park. We've yet to had that confirmed, but it does very much seem like that will be the case. They're clearly very, um, very content with their sources, and that's usually the case. Um, so we'll be looking at Rangers at Hampden next week, Rangers at Celtic Park the following week, and then the rest of those four teams, two at home and two away. Um, you've been doing a, a little bit of a look, I think, John, at, mm-hmm. at the numbers. I'll, I'll try and explain this to people. Um, as best I can. Assuming that the next league game is against Rangers Mm -hmm. um, Celtic need a maximum of 10 points to win the league from here I'll set the table Mm -hmm. back up so people can see. Celtic need 10 more points to win the league now if we get 10 more points out of our last 5 games, we are champions no ifs, no buts if we beat Rangers in our next game, we would need just 7 so Mm 4 more after beating Rangers, assuming that it's the next game. If we draw against Rangers, we need just seven more after that. Um, all of that is, of course, not including goal difference, which is, as you can see, is very, very healthy in Celtic's favour, even despite Rangers' big win today. The earliest we can win the league is match day 35. That would involve us beating Rangers, winning our following match, and Rangers dropping points in their next match. Beyond that, my head gets a little bit sore, but what That's we so do know... Yeah, well, thank you. What we do know, John, is that Celtic have a massive, massive opportunity. Assuming this next league game is against Rangers at Celtic Park, we spoke about it the last time, Or oh, beating Rangers and, you know, we'll win the league. And, yeah, beating Rangers didn't win us the league at Ibrox. Beating Rangers at Ibrooks gave us a huge, huge opportunity and it was a massive result. Beating Rangers at Celtic Park kills it stone dead. I mean, it, it becomes a, an issue of when and not if. And, and that's the opportunity, you know, forget all the other stuff, forget that all those numbers I just listed out, which were completely pointless, Celtic have a huge chance, next game, if it is at Celtic Park against them, to kill this stone dead. Beat them,
1: and that's it, bar the shouting. Yeah, another two big games, and I actually, I know we're just beating them, but again, another two big, difficult games, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm I'm feeling quite confident, but I'm not, you know, I don't think these are guaranteed wins coming up against Rangers. At Hampden or at Celtic Park. I mean, I think Rangers are a pretty decent team. And I thought they were very poor against St Mirren today. Don't get me wrong, they were actually re- in that first half in particular, they were, they were pretty poor. I know they went on to win 4-0. But, you know, there's reasons for that. Um, but I know, And I know we're just beating them, but they're playing in the Europa League. They've got a chance of going through to the semi-finals. I mean, I don't think we can discount those two games. So, Celtic are going to have to be at their best again. Um, and that's why yesterday's win, another reason why yesterday's win was so satisfying, because they don't look like they've taken their foot off the gas. i just saying that he's actually having to pull back the players in training a little bit because they're going a bit too too mad at Lennox Town. Um, <laughs> Stephen Welsh is saying it's the best training he's ever seen. Stephen, well- <laughs> you know, Stephen Welsh is saying he's never seen anything like it, and the intensity went up a notch after we beat Rangers. So I don't think there's any danger of Celtic taking their foot off the gas now, and it just you know, we'll see how these two games pan out. The good thing is, if we if we then you know, the Scottish Cup is its own thing. If we lose even we lose against Rangers, Celtic Pack, still massive favourites to win the league. Um, so I'm, I'm again, I'm feeling pretty good, but there's still two big games. It gets um, very
0: worrying, though, doesn't it? If you lose, no, to no, Rangers worries. In the league. no
1: worries, <sighs> no it's worries,
0: saying? It's too tight. Too tight. I, I I quite like this six point and nine point advantage. I wasn't as as content with the three. So um, someone was asking there. Uh, stephen kelly the, the rangers still have to go to hearts i believe that rangers fixtures are the reverse of ours so they'll have to go to us Tynecastle, castle which is hearts and motherwell Fir park and they'll have dundee united uh, who have given them trouble this season and ross county who have also given them trouble at home Um so, so they've on top of everything that's going in our favor they certainly have the harder fixtures i mean Pinecastle as much as Hearts aren't playing for a great deal I wouldn't fancy that fixture if I was Rangers playing the way they are at the moment so it's uh, we're in a I mean everyone knows this at this stage but we're in a really really good position aren't we
1: we're in as good a position just as much as Sunday as before Monday
0: (laughs) that just about explains it Um, anything else John before we go
1: no, I think that's everything. I, I'm Thank you for giving me this opportunity to have a chat and speak about a few things to get off my chest. As I said, I'm a thoughts and feelings guy. That's what I like talking about Celtic. I love talking about the actual football, but I also love talking about the way Celtic approach things and getting into the the minds of some of these players and the manager sometimes. I know some people, it's not for everyone, but that's just the way I am. So um, th- thanks for giving me the opportunity to speak for 40, 50 minutes um, about all things Celtic.
0: Not a problem. It's been great to have you on. Um, we are hoping, I think, for split fixtures in the next 48 hours. Hopefully tomorrow, you would think tomorrow. So I will hopefully have a confirmation on tomorrow's video. It'll just be a solo video. And um, Plenty to get through, though, as well. as uh, From that point, we'll then start building ahead to the derby. And then another derby the week after, probably, having just had a derby last week. It's going to be a, a manic, manic month on the channel. We have crossed 28,000 subs. In fact, I've only just said that. We're already, I think, at about 28,100. So we're already a tenth of the way to our next 1,000. It's just going nuts, everyone. Thank you so much for the support. We, we honestly appreciate every comment we've been getting because we've been getting a lot of them in the last week. People really enjoying the channel. Um, Our heads are getting bigger and bigger as we get more comments, but we genuinely do appreciate and and read every single one of them. Um, Even if we don't manage to get back to you, we we see them and we really appreciate the support. Um, As I say, I'll be back tomorrow. Um, If you're new to the channel or aren't subscribed, that would be much appreciated. Enjoy your Sunday night, Um, maybe a wee bit of golf on the horizon as well. That's certainly what I'm planning on doing. And yeah, we'll speak to you tomorrow. Take care, everyone, and hail, hail.